Welcome to 3 and D, your source for great NBA talk from our spot here in the T-Dot. My name is Dave Levitt, that's the D. This week's three, can the Raptors really compete playing small ball the rest of the way? What's up with the Celtics? And who is your favorite role player? Neighbor Brando's back in the co-host chair, so sit back, relax, and let us talk you through the big three stories from around the association. Brando! Dave, what's up, bro? How's it going, my friend? It's going well. It's going well, you know? Sunday morning out here, sunny outside. It's nice. It is. It is nice. Are you are you are you on your back deck or are you are you sitting there in your house just I'm looking sitting, at the sunshine? I'm out the window looking outside. That's good. Yeah. That's the that's the way to do it here. That's the way to do it. Still still too damn cold. Yeah, yeah. It can't be outside just yet. <laughs> just yet. But soon. Soon enough. Okay. So my friend, let's jump right into the big three stories. Yeah, you good you good to go? Yeah, let's get All the right. get the ball inbound to here. Yeah, let's go. There you go. Extend those metaphors. We're just going to keep throwing them at them. We're just going to keep going at them. Yeah. All right. So the Raptors have won three in a row. They avenged themselves uh, against the, the T-Wolves. Barely, but they did it. Barely. They beat Giannis and the Bucks, uh two times, which prompted uh, Kendrick Perkins to drop the, uh, the, the, the sound bites of all sound bites, that Siakam is better than Giannis. Which is crazy. Yeah, that was a little bit out of pocket, but you know what? Kendrick Perkins does say a little bit of weird things every now and then. So yeah, you know, we love we love we love Perk. Um, he's and I'm sure that's part of the reason he gets the gigs in the media because he's willing to say stuff that I don't think anyone else is thinking. <laughs> it's true. But let's let's take a look here. So the 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 lineup, you know, with OG and Kyle when they come back when Kyle gets the thumb, uh, is Kyle. And Fred in the backcourt, uh, really small, small forward in Norm Powell. Yeah. OG at the four and Pascal playing the five. Can the Raptors really compete in the East playing small ball the rest of the way, or do they need to go and get a bigger guy? So from what I've seen, it's just been three games that they've done this, right? But it'll work against certain teams, I believe, because a guy like Pascal, he can guard one to five, right? The only thing you're giving up there is a little bit of size, but then, you know what I mean? He did a pretty decent job against Giannis when he was on him. Yeah. You can trouble him enough. He's long enough, right? Um, And OG can guard one through five. OG's strong enough. He's solid enough to, you know, put a body on a guy that's bigger than he is. Right, but is either one of those guys stopping Embiid? Is either one of those guys going to be rolling up against someone like a... Yeah, so that's why I said only certain teams. Well, yeah. We probably won't go with that today against the Sixers. But yeah, you, got, you got to start Baines, unfortunately, don't you? You know what? Baines is going to get torched by Embiid. Oh, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be brutal today. But, we, you know, what? We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, we need a – if Baines was, you know, a little bit more mobile, like if he wasn't – what is he, 35 now? 34? Baines? Is he really that yeah. old? I, I yeah. I got to check that. He would uh, just stay in front of Embiid. Like, just let him shoot it. You know what I mean? Because when he gets his confidence going, he makes a couple dunks, then that's when Embiid gets, you know, kind of dangerous. Yeah. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. I, the thing is, Embiid of the last couple of years is not the same. For whatever reason, Doc Rivers has found the, the secret sauce 
it's working. Um, and Embiid looks like he's he's got himself going in the right direction, you know? Yeah, they just, they just limited his milkshake intake to like one a day and then <laughs> blew up. You know what I mean? Started dropping career highs every every game. Uh, that's fantastic. He was riding the, the sugar dragon, is what you're saying? So by the third quarter, he was just like, oh, I'm cranky. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that, do you remember um, when we played, uh, when Toronto played Philly in the playoffs a couple years ago and uh, Embiid sat out game three or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the flu. I'm making air quotes right now. Yeah, of course. The flu. Um, apparently, like, <laughs> the rumor mill says that I, he had, like, three Oreo milkshakes on the on the team plane and, like, just could not function. Just had the, cr- like, the cramps. That's listen. This is all. This is all conjecture here. But like, I prefer to believe that story because it's I, funnier. I, I, so do I, I, I just, I, you know, it's like Lamar Jackson in the in the NFL. Like, no, no, I didn't have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, you did. It's okay. <laughs> Nature calls, buddy. Paul, it's okay. The Paul Pierce, the Pooh Pierce story. Yeah, <laughs> they had to carry him off the wheelchair. Oh, it's a crap. It's a crap. This is <laughs> he shit himself. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it goes. It's just how it yeah. goes. You know, it's just how it goes. But uh, no, I think long term, I do think the um, let's get back to the let's uh, let's move off of uh, the biological functions of Joel Embiid for just a minute. Yeah. Because we will, although I, I am proud to announce that uh, Brandon will be um, starting a new um, spinoff of Three and D, the Poop Diaries. Uh, <laughs> yep. His, his new show up. is called his new show is called Poop Dreams, and uh, where Brandon takes a deep dive into the history of the NBA and how it relates to the bathroom. Can't wait for that show. Congratulations, uh, Brandon. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I honestly, getting back to the Raptor question for, you know, I do think that the Raptors are are, are in need of, of some size. I mean, I'm not, this isn't an original thought. And I don't think you need to necessarily play a traditional center starter minutes, which is what they've been kind of mixing Baines in, right? Yeah. Baines off the bench comes in and gives them about, you know, 15, 18 minutes, give everybody a rest, and, and plays a, you know. Because the thing about Baines is he sets a good screen. He floored McLaughlin the other night on a, on a backdoor screen. Like, he just – Yeah, that was – he sets really good screens, and, you know, he can grab some boards every now and then, but yeah. offensively, it's, it's no, brutal. It's, a, it's, it's brutal. And so the inevitable question comes, um, do they have to go get a, a real center? And I think so. I think they do. I, 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 I do. And which brings us to course, who do you go and get? Last night, all over Twitter started blowing up. Shams Terrania, uh, and uh, then Wojnarowski, then Kevin O'Connor, then all those guys, you know, all those then big time NBA reporters are reporting that like a day after Houston guaranteed DeMarcus Cousins his money, they're going to cut him and let him go and uh, try and find a, a side of spot. You know what? I, I would be in on that move. Yeah, yes, I think. I think I think you and all of Raptors Twitter would be all over it. Yeah. I do think though that Kevin Durant's going to make a call. I think uh, LeBron's making a phone call. You know, and and uh, and so, you know, and maybe Kyle Lowry's making a phone call. But like, do they even have a shot at this, or should they just try and go and and, and try and work that Andre Drummond piece? I would one thousand times prefer to get. Boogie Cousins over Andre Drummond. Well, yeah, because Boogie Cousins, even at his bat, uh, but 
has a bigger upside. I mean, he's kind of like we talked about him last time when we talked about Houston and how he's had an up and down season. So he's had a good stretches. He's had some not so good stretches. Obviously, they're cutting him because they want to um, they want to free up some more minutes. I think they want to put Christian Wood more the in the four five role. It seems yeah. it looks like they're keeping PJ uh, Tucker at, at the four. Sure. Right. Cool. Um, but if obviously you know you want to get a center, but is is Boogie Cousins the right fit for this for the Raptors team in the way they like to play? Like, do you do you slide him into the five and bump Norm out, or do you bring him in and and well, or would the plan be to be like, okay, we start Boogie, but he's only going to play like twenty minutes? Well, moving forward now, like you know how whoever knows how long Lowry's going to be out, but yeah. we saw against. Uh, the Timberwolves last night or Friday night. Mm-hmm. Van Fleet, Powell, Bambri, Siakam, Boucher, right? Yeah. So uh, there's a starting lineup for the ages right there. Yeah, that's that's weird. Like Bambri, like Bambri, I'm I'm impressed what he's been doing. Like he makes really good decisions with the ball. Is he a starter? I guess today, maybe I don't know. And but I, listen, if, I think if, it was Nick Nurse just trying things. Yeah, listen. Well, you got it, and that's Bambri started two in a row because um, Ananobi. And I guess it's you know if if he's coming in as your seventh guy and you you know you got injuries, you, you just move everyone up the up the ladder. Fine, yeah. cool. I'm okay with it. But if you're thinking that DeAndre Bembry, and I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying if if anyone thinks that DeAndre Bembry in this lineup that they rolled out Friday night is sustainable, even in the longer term, you're dreaming because. DeAndre Bembry is at best a seventh guy. He's he's not bad. He does he, he, he right. does all the things you want a seventh guy to do. He protects the ball. He moves it well. He has a little bit of D, and he he doesn't kill you. Um, he'll make a three every now and then. He'll make a stop. Yeah, but but again, you know, if you swap DeAndre Bembry out and you put Stanley uh, Stanley Johnson in, is a, is it a big loss? Either way, offensively, but... defensively, no. No. Although I have to say, DeAndre Bembry has the best foul face reaction. You know when he gets called for foul, and every NBA player, no, if you ask any NBA player, they've never committed a foul. Yeah. But Bembry's Bembry's got the cut eye going. Oh man. Just the mean mug he does, right? Yeah. Like with the yeah, screw yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. yeah the screw I know. Face and the, like the snarl when he, uh, you're like, dude, you punched him in the face. Did I? <laughs> Did I? It was amazing. I love it. So I mean, Boogie Cousins is, is a is a target. John uh, Andre Drummond is another. Uh, I think at some point you got to get something right. You got to. I don't think they can. I honestly, I think they're going to win some games like this because they're fast and they're going to catch some people out by surprise. But you give teams five, six, seven games worth of video. I don't think the Raptors can continue, can can continue this against the big the big players. No, I don't think so. It's not sustainable in the long run. Like against the weaker teams, yeah, we can use this lineup, but like against the, uh, you know, like a Brooklyn, against the uh, yeah. LA, against the uh, Philly, both LAs. Yeah. Well, LAC, LAL. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, yeah, yeah. we'll get killed. So Nick Nurse is experimenting, which I like. He's getting to, you know, give some guys some burn. You know, you see Matt Thomas a little bit out there. You see, uh, we barely, we barely saw Stanley Johnson on Friday. Yeah, 
again, I think it's I think it's a toss up between matchups. That if Bembry's going, you're not going to see Stanley Johnson. If you see Johnson's going, right. you're not going to see DeAndre Bembry, right? Because they bring similar stuff. Yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, I think Johnson's probably the better defender, which is why we saw him towards the end of the night. I mean, yeah. he was matching. He was matching up with Giannis. Uh, on the yeah, a couple possessions, yeah, on a couple on the, possessions the second, down, second down the game, stretch. Yeah. I I think Stanley's a, a a tougher on the um one-on-one defender. I think he's just harder. He's just more solid, right? Yeah. Like when you look at him, do you not see uh uh like he that he and um, Ananobi have a very similar sort of build, right? Like they're solid through their from their from their quads to their shoulders. Like they're just yeah. I I would agree with that. Like the eye test, yeah, sure, but like. No, like OG is like OG's OG's. A, a he's a thick boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know this. Not, you know, I'll, you know. Now the listeners can hear too. Like my wife works sometimes with um, with MLSE, right? And um, she had to get measurements. In long story short, she had to do some. She works on the on the productions with the commercials and things like that. And she had to do some things. And they were saying that OG is like six six eight six nine yeah. around there, two hundred fifty pounds, solid. 250. That's, that's crazy. And that's his playing weight. Yeah. Between two, 235 and 250. That is bonkers. That a guy who is that thick and that big can move the way he That's can. what I'm saying. He can guard the one to five. He can bang with guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like... I mean, he gives up a lot of height when he's playing in the centers. But right. like, if you're if you're playing at 235, 240, and you're 6'9", that's Carl Malone. I, I think Carl Malone was like 260, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, at his, at his biggest, I think he was like in that. In there. But yeah, like, towards the end of the. If you're playing, like if you're two forty six nine, you're you're in the Carl Malone category, and Carl Malone was not asked to guard point guards. Yeah, but I'm just saying, that's that's pretty impressive. And OG, you know, we're glad you're sticking around for a couple more years. All right, let's switch it up. You know what, uh, Dave? Before we go anywhere, yeah, yeah, I just want to mention something. I'm mean, giving me give me my little soapbox for like two minutes here. It's yours. Take the so, mic. We all saw the Anthony Edwards dunk on Yuta Watanabe. Yes, we did. That was sick. First of all, as soon as I as soon as I saw that dunk, I was like, "Shit, never gonna hear the end of this." <laughs> soon as I saw probably, that dunk, I literally went, "Welcome to your poster moment." Yeah, there's. I, I I was like, this is probably gonna be the dunk of the year, if not one of the top poster dunks of the past ten years, maybe all time. Like, Jesus Christ, that was amazing. Anyway. Anthony Edwards, you don't jump with Anthony Edwards, but, you know, if you value your team and you value a little bit of defense, you do. You jump with him, you know, as you know, Watanabe found out. But what I don't like is the little bit of, you know, everyone gets clowned. You get dunked on, you get crossed, whatever, whatever. You get clowned a little bit by people. But, like, what I'm seeing on social media is a lot of, like, anti-Asian sentiment, right? Like, oh, Jackie Chan's out the league now, stuff like that. I'm like, you guys, like this, after all the shit that we've, how far we've come with the NBA and Black Lives Matter and stuff, you can't just turn it around and do the same shit to an Asian guy. You know what I mean? Like, clown him, be like, yeah, you got dunked on, yada, yada, yada. But, you know what I mean? Like, leave the stuff out of it. Like, Yuta's Instagram, like, it's disgusting if you read the comments. Like, I don't know. I just want to say that, like, you people really have to, check themselves when it comes to this stuff a hundred percent i can't agree with you more brandon it is it is this disgusting side and you know what feel free to um to to drop 
to jump off the bandwagon of the Raptors. We don't need you. We don't want you. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, let's us all remember, LeBron got dunked on. Right. Michael Jordan was crossed out by Allen Iverson. As a rookie. As a rookie. Kobe Bryant um, fell down while guarding uh, James Harden. And Every, everyone everyone gets, gets it. So, you know what? If, uh, if Utah, if you want to join the company of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and the rest of them, by all means, anytime you want, my friend, you're in good company. And as for that dunk, let's also remember <laughs> that as thunderous as that dunk as that was, Minnesota lost the game. Yeah, who won Ed- the game there, boys? And, and Anthony Edwards had eight points all night long. So, you know. By the way, Anthony Edwards, Harold Miner called. <laughs> He's got your table for the for the cool guys club over there at, yeah. at Wendy's. So, you know, relax. He's you know he'll he'll be a great player. He'll be a great. No, I do. I, I actually I actually like Anthony Edwards. I I'm I'm not sold on him as the number one overall pick um, based on what he's done. I think I think, um, but you know, long term, he's going to be a very he's going to be a useful, good NBA player. I don't know if I see a multiple time All Star in his future. No, but he's, he's good. And so he's, a good kid. He's, like, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a dummy. You know what I mean? Like the guy, <laughs> well, the guy you know, know stops like his his interviews prior to coming to the league. Okay, that's one thing. But then you know after the dunk, he runs to the baseline and goes to check out the replay. It's like, okay, sure, I get again, it. You hyped up, but again, you get hyped up. And listen. If you or I were ever in that situation and we threw down, we probably want to check the highlights too. I want to look up the look up at the jumbotron and see it too. I get yeah. it. Everyone does. No big deal. But oh, by the way, on the next possession down, you got blown by Van Vliet, who got you on the layup. So you know, like, calm down. Yeah. There's a reason they play 48 minutes. But you know, everyone's in their 2K league in their Instagram. So you know. These are the moments that go go viral. And to your point, Brandon, I, I um, you said it perfectly. I'm I'm not going to add anything to it. But yeah, your point about the fact that everyone needs to you know shut their shut their fucking mouth about mm-hmm. um, about someone's ethnicity. He got dunked on because he was an NBA player who who was trying to who was in the point. NBA making millions of dollars a year and went to contest a shot and then you know just like everyone else, Way just up. like everyone else, he did his job. That's all there is to it. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, there's no easy way to pivot. Let's go to the Celtics here. Um, I had the Celtics as a team that I thought could really make a run. I think we I both did. Yeah, last year we yeah, talked I, about I, it. And the addition that they did, the only major addition that they did was they, they or like Cantor was out and Tristan Thompson was in, and I'm like, oh, that's a great. I would take make that trade every day. Yeah. And yet here they are, barely above 500. Danny Ainge came out this week and admitted his team is not ready to win an NBA championship as it's currently constructed. Now he's got twenty eight million dollars just sitting there as a trade exemption. Yeah, but he put it he put it all on himself as you do as as the GM. But still, well, as as you do as a GM, who knows he's got you know the backing of his owner because yeah. <laughs> you you don't put that out there if you're like if your owner's like you know what's going on with the team you don't go yeah I screwed up guys yeah yeah <laughs> Danny Ainge knows that he's pretty much got you know. A job for life in Boston, or close to it. Absolutely. What's uh, what's up with the Celtics, Brandon? What like that's all I I don't really have much detailed question other than like what is going on there. So 
the Celtics are fifth right now in the East. Um, they're four and six in their last ten. Uh, so you know what? Let's get rid of all the excuses first. So yep. Marcus Smart has been out since January twenty, like so the end of January with a calf strain, right? Sure. And it just came out that uh, his return isn't imminent. They didn't provide any further details in that, but it's not imminent. So maybe a few more weeks. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, Kemba Walker misses every other game, it seems, with his knee injury management, you know, load management for the knee. Um, you know, and when you look at their analytics strictly, um, they are 28th overall in assists at 22.2 assists per game. So maybe the playmaking isn't there too much, uh, too much Tatum ISO. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough to tell. Yeah. I watched a little bit of highlights in preparation for this and the last, for the last couple of games. And, the ball is not moving, clearly. Right. right. Um, I do think that Tatum, um, more so than Brown, but uh, is taking that on as, um, as the like I gotta I gotta save this I gotta fix this I gotta make this the you know the Kobe, Michael Jordan like I gotta save this 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 team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think and you know like we talked about Ojale the other and how he just torched us in that one game. Ojale only played well against the Toronto Raptors. That's his deal. That's his deal. Well, but the thing is, when you've got Semi Ojale and you've got Grant Williams and you've got Daniel Tice and you've got, you know, uh, Pritchard, you know, who all have their moments, but when you look at their statistics over the season, they're not, these are not huge, impactful guys. They don't have a bet. And I said this in the last, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Greg. No, I was going to say what you just said, they're, their offensive rating is 14th overall, and defensive rating is also 14th overall. So they're like a middle of the pack statistic right. team. Yeah, and and here's the thing with them as well. Like if you look at them and just just watching, they don't have a bench. They don't have a reliable bench. They're a little bit like the Raptors in that they have a bunch of guys who are like who will have their moments, but they don't have a guy off the bench who you can say, okay, this is a guy who consistently will give me, whatever rebounds points whatever mm-hmm. and then you look at the teams that are really successful and guys who come off the bench who are you know you have to have seven guys in this league you have to have seven guys who can play regularly who will give you something you know when the raptors were really you know doing really well last year you got norman and Serge coming off that bench who you knew were going to basically continue i mean those guys were they were continuing what the starters were doing but at the very least we're giving them a lift yeah, they don't have that. They don't have that right now. And Daniel Tice is a you know a, a slightly better version of Aaron Baines. He's a little bit better in that you you have to respect him from the three point line a little bit more because mm-hmm. Baines doesn't seem to have any Baines shot is just flat when you watch it. Yeah, but Daniel Tice doesn't weird. scare me at the three point line. I'm not running him off the three point line. No. And he's what. Six eight, six nine. So again, you're starting a guy who like Pascal can basically dominate in, as a, if they're both playing the five. I don't know. I think Boston needs. I obviously Boston needs something. Um, but what? What is it that they need? What do you think? What is it that if you have? You mean you can't get everything, right? You can't get Ben scoring and another guy and a center and a blah blah blah. Where do you focus? You're Danny Ainge. Put on your Danny Ainge hat. 
where are you going? So, What's you know, the one my, thing you're t- targeting it's funny you just said, like, uh, it's funny you just said uh, uh, a big guy, power forward center. I think what they really need is a traditional, well, not a traditional big, but like a new age big, a playmaking big. You know what I mean? Yeah. Power forward center. Because, like, I don't know if you watched the uh, the Hawks game when they played the Hawks um, a few days ago. I I was watching it mostly because it had a little bit of money on it because I'm a degenerate like that, but whatever. That's another story. But Good for you, and I'm sure your fiancé is very happy about it. Oh, she hates it. It's amazing. <laughs> as soon as she sees me open up the Bet365 account, she's like, God damn it, what are you doing? Oh, but <laughs> So, uh, you know, Trey Young is just destroying. He's just getting inside. He's getting whatever he wants against Boston, yeah. right? Yeah. His His – Drawing fouls, that's another story for another day. We'll get, we'll, I need a whole episode about that, by the way. Um, but you know, he's just torching them inside with these little, little layups, you know what I mean? And I'm like, why isn't anybody blocking this? Because nobody's there, everybody's out of position. He's so good at getting, you know, what he wants against the Boston Celtics, which is ridiculous because you know, they have some really good defenders on their team or used Mm -hmm. to. I don't know what's going on now, but. Yeah, they do need a playmaking big. And it, I just have this in my notes here. It just so happens that Houston and Boogie Cousins want to part ways. So maybe he would be a good fit there. Uh, I think he's a better fit there than he is here. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, just the way they, they play. And I, it pains me to say that because, you know, <laughs> I don't really want to see Aaron Baines getting any minutes or any significant minutes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think they're really. I think uh, I think you're right. I think they're missing Marcus Smart, and I still think that they're a team. They're a little, and they remind me so much of the Raptors when Demar was here, and of a team that just needs something. They just need. They don't. They don't need a superstar because they have that in Tatum, right? So they already got their their superstar guy, and I do believe that Tatum is a superstar. They have their one A and they have their one B. Yeah, they're good. They're good that way. But what they need, uh, Marcus. I mean, here's the thing: Marcus Smart last year in the bubble played, you know, like ridiculous. In the in the Raptors series, he was the X factor. Yeah, like he he went, he turned into Steph Curry and just like, yeah, Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. But here's the thing that he he brings to them, and it's not just you know the fact that he can go off and hit threes the way he did in the bubble because he hasn't done that very good as part of his career. That was an anomaly. But he is the primary guy who locks down someone else's primary um, one through three. Yeah. And when you don't have that and you're forcing everybody else to kind of guard slightly above their talent level in terms of the defensive end, it throws everyone off. And if you've got Jalen Brown now having to guard the, you know, the, the best player on the other team, night in and night out, because you're not, you're not having Kemba defend going cards. No. First of all, he's, Kemba's not always there. And secondly, Kemba Walker is a bit of a pylon. He's not a great defender. He's yeah. a good team defender. He's got the quick hands to come in, you know, backdoor and steal. But he can't guard a, he At this point, with his knee injuries, and his, Kemba Walker cannot guard a guy one-on-one. He just can't. He can't, well, he can't guard most star players one-on-one. No. He just, he's, not, he's not that guy anymore, if he ever was. So... Now you're asking Jalen Brown to do that. Oh, and by the way, we also need you to drop 20 points on the offensive end for us to win. Yeah, it's, you're asking too much. It's too much. It's too much. Too much. I think, I think, anyway. All right. 
I think we're done with the Celtics. Um, good luck to them, but not that much luck because you know we need to be we need to get over you to get to, to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Last one. This is a this is a tricky one. I said, who's your favorite role player? And I said, no starters or guy who gets thirty plus minutes. So like a guy who comes in and plays well, or even a guy that like like back in the day, my my guy like this was Anthony Parker for the Raptors. Right. Not a star player. Solid role player, came in, played some D, was always reliable to to, to get you know, ten twelve points a night. And then you weren't you weren't afraid when you came on the court. So that's my guy from back in the day. Who's your guy now? And then I'll give you my guy. Was it for just the Raptors only, or like? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, league wide. Okay, league wide. League go. I went league wide. Yeah. League so league. that's that's what I thought. But when you said Anthony Parker, I was like, oh god, are we doing Raptors only? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay, so okay. I'm saying that's an example. That's a local example. So I have two, right? But uh, again, we'll save the best for last. So the first guy I hear was uh, Jordan Clarkson. Nice, right? Utah Jazz. So two days or three days ago, he scored forty in twenty nine minutes, right? Against against Philadelphia. Yeah, he's the best team in the league right now. He's yeah. Let's just let's just put that uh, let's just put that on uh, as, a, as a thing, right? This guy is probably the leading one of, if not the leading candidate for six man of the year, and we have to do an episode about Utah because I think we all slept on them. Utah, Utah tricked all of us. Yeah, they tricked all of us. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'll let you get back to Clarkson in a second, but I remember last year when they traded for Mike Conley, and you and I were standing in the driveways. Um, and I uh, before last season, so before pandemic, before all this stuff, and I was saying that Utah is my league pass team last year. If I'm watching him, because I really like I really like Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles and Donovan Mitchell's coming into his own. Yeah, and then freaking Rudy Gobert shut down the NBA, and I was like, Utah, I'm never getting tricked by you again. <laughs> and so I I was like, Nah, I'm not I'm up Utah. Whatever five number, you know, there are five seed see out, out in the first round. And then, anyway, go on. Jordan Clarkson, 29, 29 minutes, 40 points. Yeah, uh, he did that against Philadelphia of all teams. Um, he's averaging 18-4-2 on the best team in the league right now. He's shooting the three at 37.5%, so nothing to shake a stick at, right? Maybe. Yeah, it keeps him honest. His uh, minutes average is around 26 off the minute, so I think he qualifies, you know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I said any guy under 30 minutes qualifies for this. Right. He is – he is, and the thing is, Jordan Clarkson was with, with the Lakers. Everyone was like, yeah, he's, he's a good player. He's nice. And then he went to Cleveland, and everyone went, oh, well, you know, he maybe Cleveland's guard, and then he just – No, it was just, for whatever it was just years of inefficiency. You know what I mean? It was just – yeah, it, it was it was high-volume – you know, yeah, okay, he'll get you 18 points, but he has to take like you know 30 shots yeah. to get there. Like it's not, it's not gonna work. And for whatever reason, you know, Utah picked him up. I mean, we know that Utah wanted to run with their bench, but like he has, he has blown up. So yeah, great pick, Jordan Clarkson. Great pick. Uh, who's your other one? So number two, obviously Chris Boucher. <laughs> obviously. Okay. So okay. Chris Boucher is averaging 13 and 6 this year in 23 minutes. And he's shooting the three at 45%. That's yeah. That's, 
So you, and and he's shooting it Larry Bird style too. Have you seen that? Like that 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 release is ridiculous. Yeah. So you know he you watch the games and you see him. You know, wind, I have to say wind up to take it three because how else would you describe it? Like his shot is like yeah, it's wonky, It's like but... a slingshot. It's like a it's like Dennis the Menace. Yeah, that's why they call him Trebuchet, I guess, right? <laughs> anyway, so you you watch him, you know, wind up for a shot. It's like, all right, that's good. That's cash. It's okay. You know I mean? Yeah, and even when he misses, like you said, like it, it's never. He, the other thing too is he's not just forcing it. Like most of those shots are actually good. Like you would be like, yeah, I'm okay with him shooting that. Yeah, like, and he can shoot with the guy on him because his release point's so high. Like you know, a shorter defender, yeah. if it if they're up in his grill, just get it off. Sure, whatever, it's going in. Yeah, it's amazing because when he signed that two year deal, that's thir- it was two years, thirteen. So it works out to six and a half. You know, everyone was like six and a half. That's a little steep. I mean, it's you know. It's a little more than you would think that Boucher had earned, but at the same time, yeah, for, what, still, you know, for what we've seen him do in the past few years. Right? But he's, he's, he, I gotta tell you, that 6.5 looks pretty good right now. Oh, hell especially yeah. when you're giving, especially when you're giving 7.1 to Baines. <laughs> so he, his true shooting percentage is also 64%. You yeah. know what I mean? He's, he's, he's coming, you know, he's coming into his own and we're watching it. And, you know, again, I think I think if Chris Boucher is your best center option, you're not going to have a great season. But as a backup, if yeah, as as a as a piece on your bench, he's a, he's a nice one to have. Yeah, Absolutely. he's not afraid to like you know challenge a shot blocker at the rim or vice versa. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure, absolutely, yeah. um, absolutely. So here's the guy I'm going to pick, and it's. Uh, a little bit of a of a weird choice because you know he's he's not a guy that puts up a huge amount of numbers and he's, he's like his points and averages aren't are high but just a guy I like to see every time I see him on the floor I'm like I'm impressed I like I like and this is weird because you know it's the Orlando Magic like I don't care about the Orlando Magic at all if I haven't made that clear in previous episodes I don't give a shit about the Orlando Magic Dave hates the mouse um what's that Dave hates the mouse. Yeah, I love. Although I'm loving my Disney Plus account, keep bringing the Mandalorian. Just keep hooking it right to my brain. Yeah, uh, great show. Um, shout out, Baby Yoda. <laughs> um, no, I gotta tell you, it's Ken Birch. Ken I Birch. Like what Ken Birch does? Yep. He's the Canadian guy. Um, he's a nice. He's a you know he's a he's a nice bench piece for them. He's been injured a little bit, but I think. Um, but I really really like what like what he does. He does all the little greasy things, right? Yeah, like if you watch, I, I know that I don't track tips off of uh, rebounds, but if you, he's usually the guy battling down low. He tips it up and then someone else grabs the rebound. He's always setting screens and Ken Birch can roll to the basket like nobody's business. Right. You know, I think they I think I read somewhere that like 60 percent of his points come from, you know, eight feet in, which means like and he's not he's not seven feet. No, he's six, eight, six, nine. He's just he's just gritty. He just gives that guy, and I love the idea of a guy like that, um, in a bigger team. Now, my backup pick because I had a second pick, um, is uh, and I think he's going to get over thirty minutes now in New York. But with Derrick Rose, oh yeah, what Derrick Rose, what Derrick Rose has been able to turn his career into after those that that injuries, but where he has turned himself into a super sub and a um a guy who can just I mean, he's not as explosive as he was before, but he can still get to the he can still get to the the hoop. No, but see, he's, he's when 
when you come back from two ACL tears like he did, like usually, yeah. you know, your knees are glass, your your career is done. You know what I mean? But for him yeah, to yeah. come back and reinvent himself as a playmaker, yeah. you're not yeah. going to have that explosiveness anymore. But you know, he can still do what he does to get to the basket. Will you know what I mean? So yeah, impressive. And 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 you you gotta respect his outside game. Yeah, you gotta respect it. Really develop that three point shot. And the other thing is, he's doing things like, like he said it in Detroit when he resigned with Detroit. Like every, when he resigned with Detroit, like he was like, people were like, why is he resigning with the Pistons? They're nothing. Like, what are you doing? Like he's been rumored to go to to the Lakers. He's been rumored to go to the Clippers. He's been rumored to go to Miami like forever. And he resigns with the Pistons, and then he happily accepts going to New York because he actually likes the role of mentor. Yeah. How many former MVPs, how many former Rookie of the Years, really embraced the idea that they're like, I my job here is to make is to set up the next guy. Yeah. Like, you know, Derrick Rose, and I mean, there's a reason that Tom Thibodeau keeps bringing him everywhere he goes. <laughs> They met in Chicago. They go to Tibbs goes to Minnesota. He brings it to Minnesota. Tibbs goes out the league. Fine. Derrick Rose goes wherever. As soon as Tibbs gets back in the league, he's like, get me Derrick Rose. I need D Rose. Just can't run him into the ground it, anymore. <laughs> no, and the thing is, the nice thing is he doesn't have to. Because in New York, you know, uh, you know, you've got um uh Alfred Payton and quickly. Who can go and, and and give you spots? So Rose just has to come in and basically, you know, beef up, run the team a little bit. He can play off ball a little bit more, um, you know. So Cam Birch is my guy for a guy who gets un, who's not seen and not spoken of enough. I think he does all those little gritty hustle plays, um, and he's Canadian, so you know we'll throw out right there. He's going to be a big part of the Olympic team, I think. Yeah, he's the guy. He was one of the few guys who was like, yep, no problem. I will go and play in the Olympic qualifiers. Nope. You want me to fly across the world? Sure. I, I got you. He's got Canada's back. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have to uh, respect that. But if I'm picking a guy who has more of these sort of traditional numbers, I like Derek Rose. And I really like Derek Rose for what he brings to the whole team, not just the, on the on the floor, but on the floor, Derek Rose, you have to like it. You have to respect him. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. Well, there you go. See, there, you know, there's nothing to disagree, which makes for a fantastic podcast when everyone just says yes, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah. Now let me tell you what no, I just... really think. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, now get your now. Let's uh, now let's let's pivot back to uh, you know the the most important thing, which is you know why do you have leaves blowing onto my mind? Yeah, exactly. The old man, the, the, the old man uh, on the porch conversations that we're gonna have. Old man yells at cloud. <laughs> well, uh, Brandon, that's it. We we made it through another episode. I know you got to go and prep for your 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 very important um, research for the poop diaries. Yep, we're gonna start that soon. Yep. So look look for that uh, wherever you get your podcasts or um, Charmin, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I get, there's, a, there's, a, there's an instant instant tie-in right there. There's your your, your title sponsor <laughs> right there, right there. <laughs> Brennan, it's awesome. Yeah, Thanks brother. So Good talking we'll to you. Again soon. We'll talk. Yes, sir. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the show this week. Thanks so much to neighbor Brandon for joining me again on the show. Great take and uh, great, great uh, 
soapbox moment he had there about Yuta Watanabe. Uh, 100% can't say it enough. And thank you again, Brent, for saying it. If you like the show, please like, follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify is a great spot for that. And as always, stay home, stay safe. We'll talk to you again in seven days. <laughs>